welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz, which you can catch every weekday afternoon on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend and having a wonderful Tuesday, I guess, is when you're probably listening to this podcast. But it was a fun-filled weekend, which I want to actually uh, spend the final segment today talking about the last dance which was phenomenal by the way so I'll, I'll save that I have some thoughts on that and we'll get into some other things as well uh, some news in Razorback land and some of the big things going on with the basketball program but you know since I do this locked on Razorbacks podcast and what I did for the past couple of weeks and kind of what I'm getting into this week is a, a, a certain theme dealing with the Razorbacks and this is something that was done by uh, the locked on podcast network they wanted us to kind of go along all with the same theme and and do it all the same way and kind of look back on uh, some moments and some games and some seasons, which is what we did last week and the week before. We were just looking at great seasons. And uh, this week kind of is an interesting one because this week's supposed to be about the greatest moments of 2019 and 2020. And I'm thinking about it. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be overly sarcastic or anything like that. But when I look back on the seasons that were had in the past, not only just the past school year, obviously we got an abbreviated season in in some cases in baseball and all that, but even the year before that, you know, there, there really wasn't any standout great moments besides maybe in baseball, of course, making it back to the College World Series in 2019. So this is going to be a tough one, but I decided to take a different angle, an angle that may be upsetting to some of you or frustrating to some of you because you think I'm dancing on somebody's grave, and that's not the case. It's not what I'm trying to do, but I think there is some legitimacy of bringing up some of the things that I will and saying, hey, this is why I believe that this is the best things that happened over the past year, year and a half, essentially, in Razorback sports. And it would be easy to talk about the College World Series, which I think is given its due. Arkansas went 0-2 in it, though. And because you're a baseball program that has such a high expectation, getting to the College World Series is a great accomplishment. I don't want to take anything away from it. But that's not the end goal. That's just another day at the office. That's the expectation is to get to that point. People expect a lot more, a lot more than what they've been getting than just going to the College World Series. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So... Let me just start by saying that, that I'm not trying to poo-poo on it. I'm just saying that it's no longer just a random expectation. There's a lot more to it than that. What I'm going to say is that there are two things that happened that were the best thing that could have happened to Arkansas. And by saying these are the two best things, it came along with two negative things. Now, we'll start with the hiring of Eric Musselman back in 2019. Now, to me, that's the best thing Arkansas did last year. It's, it's by far. Because coaching hires and coaching searches are always tough. They're something that is such a – like, I, I wouldn't want that job. And looking at some of the fans and how you approach the coaching searches and the plane tracking and all that stuff, trust me, I had some fun with it too. It's, I'm glad that none of us are in charge of that because we'd be all over the place expectations get risen. Uh, People start believing, hey, well, this guy makes sense because of A, B, and C. He had the connections with this guy, and it was all that. But 
This was going to be the biggest test for Hunter Yurichek, who had just become the athletic director for Arkansas. His first job, major job, was to go out and to hire a basketball coach. Actually, no, let me take that back. That wasn't his first thing. His first thing was to fire Mike Anderson, one of Arkansas's own, which was the most difficult thing that anybody could have done. Like, nobody wanted Mike Anderson not to succeed at Arkansas. And I said this when it happened, that if Arkansas was going to win a national championship, I want Mike Anderson's name to be on the trophy because I thought that highly of him. But after eight seasons with only two tournament wins and not really a goal in sight or any sort of reasoning or ideas of why it'll get better, Hunter Yurchek made a move. It was a tough move, but the right move at the time. And now he was tasked to have to hire somebody that could step in and bring Arkansas back into its greatness, bring it back into being relevant once again in college basketball. Because even though Arkansas has not made a Sweet 16 since 1996, it is still considered one of the premier jobs in the country. Most people would say it's the second best job in the SEC. Think how crazy that is. That your school hasn't made the Sweet 16 in that long, and yet you're considered one of the best programs? Well, it's easy. Why, folks? It's because people understand the fan base. They understand the facilities. They understand the passion. They understand the history. It's a big-time program. So you had to get it right. And Hunter Yurichek went out and got the guy he wanted. He got the guy that wanted to be here. He got the guy that's looking for something to prove. He got the guy that has a great resume. He got the guy that he knew could excite this fan base and get them going in the right direction quick, fast, and in a hurry. Now, in year one, we didn't get to see exactly how it played out. We didn't get to see exactly what the postseason held because of, obviously, the coronavirus. But Eric Musselman won 20 games in his first season. 20 games with no post presence whatsoever. I'm sorry, that to me is about as impressive of a thing as you could ever accept or expect out of anybody in that position. Now he's added in this big-time recruiting class, which they all signed, by the way. K.K. Robinson officially signed today. And now everything's looking bright. Everything's looking great. Everything's looking like the way it should. And that's where it comes in, and that's why I believe that that's the number one best thing that happened to Arkansas last year, was getting Eric Musselman. Because, folks, write this down, take a picture, put me on old takes exposed, that's fine. Eric Musselman will bring Arkansas back to a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 in the next two years. Book it. Guarantee it. It's coming. Better get on the excitement train, folks. You don't want to be left off of it. It's going to get fun very quickly. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so the next thing that I wanted to bring up as far as being the best thing that happened in Arkansas in 2019-2020, again, goes along with the same theme of a coaching change. And that was the firing of Chad Morris. Now, I don't want to look back on it too much. I don't want to you know, regurgitate the same crap that's been said over and over and over again. But, folks, Chad Morris was the worst coach 
in Razorback sports history to ever be hired. He might be the worst SEC coach of all time to ever be hired. He was that bad. He was that horrendous. Like, that's why I feel like there might even be some legs to the conspiracy that he did it on purpose. Because you have to try to be that bad. You have to try to be that terrible. When you have a pretty decent talent, at least enough talent to beat a lot of the directional schools and non-conference teams you're playing, and you can't even do that, you get blown out on your own field. No. I want none of that. And it was that bad. It had to come to an end, and it had to come to an end quickly. And I don't even have any... I mean... You know, when Hunter Yurchek made the move when he did two game, with two games left in the season, I was like, good, thank you. Like, nobody had an issue with it. Like, Chad Morris torpedoed this program quicker than anybody. And I thought Brett Bielma was bad. Brett, Brett Bielma looks like Nick Saban compared to Chad Morris. But that's what sucked about it is because now you're staring at back-to-back two and ten years, back-to-back 0-8 seasons. And honestly, it's not like you just had this plethora of success with Brad Bielema. Like, he also had an 0-8 season. Folks, Arkansas has had three 0-8 seasons in conference play in the past seven years. Three. Unacceptable. Totally and completely unacceptable. But the problem with that is, is when you make that move to fire Chad Morris, it's going to be extremely difficult to find somebody who will want to take that job. And that's nothing against Arkansas. That's just going off of taking the job after how bad it's been. Been down in the dumps for so long. People start to think, well, it must not be an Arkansas. It must not be a coach's problem. It must be an Arkansas problem. Brad Bielma was a really good coach before he came to Arkansas. And it must be difficult to win there. Or same thing with Chad Morris. They won't say he was good at SMU, but he was better than what he was at Arkansas. So it must have been an Arkansas problem. Baloney. It's not true at all. Don't buy it. I don't care what anybody says. That's not the case. So where do you go? Where do you go? Who do you hire? Who wants this job? I'm still not going to, you know, I'm okay, I will. I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. Two weeks before the hire was made, I said I wanted Sam Pittman. That's the guy I wanted. Because I wanted to have a coach in place that would be able to get fans to buy in that love the state of Arkansas, that love the Razorback football program, which he does. I wanted to get a guy that all the players that have ever been under him love him to death, absolutely love him. Everyone wanted him to be there when he ended up getting hired. Like all the former players came out of the woodwork that played for him and said, I, this is the best thing ever. So happy for him. I want a coach that had assistant coaches reaching out, wanting to coach with this guy, which is what happened. Now, Sam Pittman hasn't coached a single game. He hasn't really coached a single practice because of all the stuff been going on. So we don't really know what the future is going to hold for Sam Pittman. But what I do know is that Sam Pittman has something to prove. He's not going to get rich and fat and happy and then just give up because he's not interested in that. He just wants to coach. Brett Bielman didn't want to coach. Brett Bielman wanted money. He wanted to just relax, kick back, and have a good time. Do as little as work as possible. Chad Morris was just inept. He was an idiot. He didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. He was out in the clouds. Sam Pittman has coached in this league, has had uber success in this league, has been around Arkansas before, 
and has guys that are coming in as coaches that know how to coach. And when you mix all of these things together with the good recruiting class that they had, all things considered, it's going to get to where to at least where you're competitive again. I'm not going to call my shot and say that Arkansas is going to win championships or anything like that under Sam Pittman because none of us know. But I do know. It's going to be much, much better. It's at least going to be a team that doesn't give up. It's going to be a coach that's going to go hard and that knows what it takes to win in this league and has seen it before. It's going to take a bit. I like the chances. I love Sam Pittman. I think he's going to do a great job. But unfortunately, in order to hire him, you had to go through what you did. Night is darkest just before the dawn. Hopefully the dawn comes in 2020. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Everyone was talking about it, so I got to bring it up as well. Uh, Arkansas, you know, it doesn't have any connections necessarily into this, but I still wanted to bring it up because it was just so phenomenal. That was the last dance on ESPN. Uh, the story of the final season of the Chicago Bulls dynasty with Michael Jordan. It's a 10-part series. They're going to do two episodes at a time every Sunday night. We got to catch a, a little bit of the first bit of it, the first two episodes on Sunday night. Folks, it was phenomenal. And I can't wait to see the rest of it. I love this story. I loved the Chicago Bulls as a kid. I loved Michael Jordan growing up. He was my idol, just like so many other kids my age. I, I just, I love this. And we haven't really heard much from that team and from Michael Jordan, at least in this capacity. So it's really fascinating to me to see how it's all going to be portrayed and, and who looks like what. But a few things stood out to me uh, in this whole thing. Uh, just in the first two episodes. And again, probably on every time uh, after these, we'll probably do a recap of it because I know a lot of you are watching it and a lot of you are interested in it as well. But I just wanted to point out a few things that really stood out to me uh, in this in this one, in the first couple episodes. Uh, first off, uh, give a shout out to all the Arkansas representation that was in this series. I thought it was great. Uh, you had, of course, Scotty Pippen, who's from the state of Arkansas. You had... Joe Klein, who played on the Bulls, who, of course, played at Arkansas as well. You had uh, guys like uh, Sidney Moncrief get portrayed or get uh, talked to because he was one of the first opponents that uh, Michael Jordan played. And uh, you also had uh, the coaches in, from UCA in there in the mix as well. And you had Bill Clinton, former president. I mean, you had a lot of Arkansas representation, so I thought that was really cool. Um, the other stuff that really stood out and stuff I learned at least was that uh, first off, Scotty Pippen didn't get paid anything. Like I can't believe that he was making that little amount of money. He was only, he was the sixth highest paid player on the team heading into the last year on the team. 122nd in the NBA. How does that happen? How does that happen? Now he probably didn't handle it the right way, but I will say that he was a guy that was playing his heart out to win, and he did a good job of it, but he needed to get paid. And the relationship between the Bulls and Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause, the general manager, it was all bad. It was obviously a, a, very, a very rocky relationship, which you know, wasn't something that really got portrayed during that time, as much at least. You didn't know how serious it was, but it was pretty bad. But like, I, here's my thing. I just couldn't imagine ever – seeing a dynasty like that, and if I was a general manager, I'm like, dude, I'm going to ride this until the cows come home. 
until we don't win anymore. I'm going to make sure Michael Jordan's happy. I'm going to make sure Scottie Pippen's happy. I'm going to make sure Phil Jackson is happy. I'm going to make sure I keep this core guys together. And so we, we stretch it out as long as humanly possible. And then when we start losing, that's when we start blowing it up. Simple as that. But when I'm coming off of winning five NBA titles over the past seven years, five, and I'm looking for another one, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep riding that until the very end. But for some reason, that just wasn't the case. Wasn't the case at all. So I thought that was fascinating. And again, I think that seeing how you know Michael Jordan came, it was because here's the thing too. It wasn't. There's a few things that stood out. There's a few funny things, but it was mainly about Michael Jordan and about Scottie Pippen. I kind of like where they both came from, the origins of it all. And how everything started out in the beginning of the 97-98 season. Like, that's all it was. So, it's, it's really early, but it looks great. And if you haven't watched it, be sure to check it out. It's pretty phenomenal. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. Keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. See you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.